Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Dave, welcome back to the Boiling Point personal story. Personal story, uh, oh geez, where do I start? Oh, um, my dentist told me um, about a week ago that I had to take medication and she warned me, she said, I know you're not a big drinker. She doesn't know me that well. <laughs> she if. said, but when you when when you take this medication, you can have no alcohol, like zero. You'll get violently <laughs> ill. So I am clean of any alcohol for like 10 days. Well, you know what? I, I also am on, on antibiotics and a whole bunch of other things, and I have been drinking a lot. And uh, <laughs> Explain it's, it's really So listen, I, I heard a little laugh on the other side, which means we've got somebody who understands what both, our, both you and I are talking about. Our guest is Dan Martell, um, somewhat of a, uh, a legend in these parts in, in the world of entrepreneurship, venture capital, uh, and really inspiring entrepreneurs to take it to the next level. Dan, welcome to The Boiling Point. Thank you so much, Greg, for having me. And Dave, pleasure to be on here. And uh, I don't know about legend, man, but we'll see what we can get well, done on I, this call. Dan, you are a legend. I'll tell you. Can I tell you why? Uh, I see your face probably once a week. And can I record this one sec? I got to send it to my mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so, so no, and here, here's how I, I see your face. Is I, uh, You know how you look at LinkedIn and you see where's your profile compared to everyone else? Well, top 10, they always show the top 10. And right at the top is your smiling face, Dan. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, LinkedIn good for something. Man, you're doing well. I got it. So I got to I mean, that's one of the questions I have for you. But... <laughs> and we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, for, for, for me, Dan, you're, uh, um, you've got quite a story. And uh, for the listening audience who doesn't know Dan Martel, um, why don't you just give us a really quick roundup? Um, but then I want to rewind us back to that uh, that day that you launched Clarity in Moncton at the theater and kind of take your story from there. But a little bit of a background from you and your, uh, uh, you know, jumping into Spheric and selling that and all that sort of thing. Quick bio. I'll give you the quick one. So starting, I'm going to start way back in the day, just so that people understand my personal story. I grew up in a challenging environment. A lot of people know my brother. have a great relationship with my, my family today, my mom and dad. But as a teenager, I was a bit troubled, diagnosed with ADHD, anger issues, ended up getting taken out of my home when I was 11, bounced between group homes and foster homes, eventually ended up in jail twice, high-speed chase, decided to take my life. Unfortunately, the gun got stuck. And uh, that moment realized that I had to change my approach to life or I wouldn't live much longer and uh, ended up going to rehab for 11 months, discovered programming, this yellow book on Java, computer programming, changed my life, saved my life. And then shortly after getting out, I discovered this thing called the Internet, got into building Internet companies, kind of a big deal, I guess, uh, the Internet, if you haven't heard about it. And, um, you know, since then, I've been fortunate enough to have built uh, five technology companies, raised venture capital twice. The last three were acquired. I had investors like Mark Cuban. I got to spend a week with Richard Branson at his house in Switzerland. Um, I've invested in 30 plus technology companies and uh, sold my last company this February called Clarity. And now I shoot YouTube videos. Because I've got a message that I want to share. That, <laughs> that is my life. And you're, ta you're talking to the guy that is really glowing uh, to hear the message that the ultimate, the pinnacle after building companies and selling is to finally 
become a video maker. Video. God it's bless funny, you, Dan. Eh? This is great. So funny. Yeah, <laughs> well, took a long route. Well, what, what, why don't we start there? Uh, like the, the, we, we've already got a quick a quick run here, and we will go back into a little bit what clarity is and the, this discussion on mentorship, which I'm very interested in. But tell us about what you're doing right now with with these YouTube videos. Yeah, so I started doing them because, you know, I got two little boys, two and three years old, Max and Noah. And um, after selling Clarity, I, I still like Clarity is a platform for, for getting connected with entrepreneurs that have been through kind of advice, mentorship. But, it, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't scale well. It's one to one. So, you know, after I sold that company, I was in San Diego for the winter months and I met a bunch of people doing video stuff. I got inspired. I tried it because it scared the crap out of me. I was like, oh, man, that's so weird talking to a camera. But I tried it once. It didn't feel shitty, and then uh, I got a good response. I did more, and then one day it just clicked. I said, you know what? If I started documenting all of my beliefs and ideas and frameworks and strategies for life, and, and both professional and personal, then I wouldn't have to have all these conversations, and I could just reply to emails with links to videos, and my kids would have this archive of uh, essentially not not right or wrong, just here's my approach to life. And if, God forbid, something happened to me, they could reference that. And that was a really compelling why for me. And I went all in. And I guess it's just my personality that when I go all in, I'm all in. Like a little intense. Like got a studio, spent 25 <laughs> grand on gear, have shot a weekly video on my YouTube channel, built my email list over 10,000 people all in the last seven months. I'm just, I'm all in because I've never been exposed to the ability to share a message with the largest community in the world and essentially become your own TV channel. It's, it's bananas. It blows my mind. I feel so late to the game. Um, so I got super inspired and that's what I do. And, and wow. And, you know, that is a very cool story. I love the connection, you know, and you describing kind of the why part, right? The legacy piece, your kid, you know, the kids and stuff. I mean, I know Greg and I can relate to that. There's another thing you said, Dan is, um, it scared me, and and I'm paraphrasing here, but so then I thought I should do this. Can you tell us more about that? That's a really that's a really cool perspective. Yeah, I mean, my my rule, like people ask me, like, what's your definition of hustle? Because that word's used so often, and people think working long hours is hustling, and you know, et cetera. And I my rule is when I look at my to do list or my projects that it gives me anxiety. Right. That's the rule that and I don't know where that came from. Maybe it was the crazy upbringing and just dealing with always being fearful of, you know, getting, you know, killed, essentially, or just in business, just dealing with chaotic, unchallenging environments day to day. It became the norm. So to me, when I look at kind of my time here on Earth and the, the kind of impact I want to have, if the, the projects I'm working on aren't new, scary, interesting, then they're not worth doing. So, you know, I've already spoken around the world, seven countries, you know, I've given over a hundred talks. Uh, what scared me was the video idea, like going into a room and trying to be not only entertaining, but also provide education and content in the same breath with no feedback. Like it's weird. It's, I get it when people are like, Hey man, I get you think video is a big thing, but it is so hard to do. I get it. Again, if people understood the amount of time I spent in a studio by myself shooting and testing and shooting and, and what I call perfect practice, they would laugh. It, it's almost embarrassing. But um, I just felt like for me and what I wanted to accomplish in the next kind of chapter of my life, it was imperative that I figured it out. So that's – and again, it's been seven months kind of a journey, but 
the most impactful and leveraged uh, time I've ever had in my life. So, like, would that be a? Th- so that's a theme running through your life. Like, keep it on the edge. Be just outside of the comfort zone. You gotta scare it's, yourself. Yeah. I call it outside the comfort zone, inside the magic zone. Yeah, right, right on. Well, and it, yeah. it, it seems to run in your family. I, uh, I, I don't even know if I'm supposed to be privy to this, but two of your brothers and maybe you as well fly these objects that you probably shouldn't put your body <laughs> I into? I don't because I will kill myself. Well, there I you go. <laughs> and I got, I got stopped because I kept crashing. Whereas <laughs> if I crash in uh, paragliders or whatever the heck they, they call them, and which my littlest brother has now twice and almost killed himself, and me and my other brother, Pierre, were kind of like, okay, bro, like enough's enough. Okay? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, and that's no the story I was talking about. Here. The, the, these yeah. guys, Dave, they're like, uh, as far as, as what I know of the Martell brothers, they literally live life to the We're edge. Full Motocross, on. Full on. flipping upside oh, yeah. down on motorbikes, you know, yeah. all this crazy stuff. Heli skiing. <laughs> I mean, that's just, we we grew up and, uh, you know, just having a lot of fun and causing chaos that, you know, now that we're like responsible human beings with, with kids, we've got to kind of have our outlets and it's usually motorized vehicles or jumping off cliffs. <laughs> oh, I think this is great. So listen, uh, you, you mentioned a really intense story at the beginning uh, of, uh, you know, your priest pro- professional career story. Um, how important is that? Because it feels like you're really rooted in story. Cause we're talking about putting videos down to preserve your legacy. That's preserving your story to share and educate. That's, that's all story, but you are very comfortable talking about the challenging, uh, uh, upbringing or the challenging childhood you had, I should say, even to the point of, uh, a, a, a missed suicide attempt. Um, like this is heavy, heavy stuff. How has sharing that story helps you, um, communicate to the people you want to communicate to and and follow that up with some advice about, uh, to those people who really want to keep that guarded and that their story close to heart and not let people in. I appreciate you asking that, Greg. I mean, the truth is just everybody understands it took me 15 years. Okay. 17 years old, went to rehab after going to jail the second time, finally got clean, been sober since that story for 15 years was never told. My best friends, my wife, her parents, nobody knew and it was just about three years ago, there was this moment where I was at an event and uh, the organizer told me, you know, there's a $20,000 prize to the charity of your choice if you win best speaker. And I knew my marketing growth hack stuff is not going to win. You know, like I just was like, you know, Tim Ferriss, there's all these professional speakers. I'm like, I'm not going to win this. But I had a story and I, and you know, there's somebody said once, they said he with the best story wins, right? And I just knew that I needed to connect because the, the truth is, is everything I've done in my life was a byproduct of that. I made a commitment when I decided, you know, when I woke up the next morning sober in a jail cell and I didn't die at that moment where I crashed this stolen car through a house, I said to myself, I promise if whoever's listening, if you help me get through this, I'm not going to waste my life. That was, that was the promise. And that is why when people say, why are you so aggressive? Why are you so uh, driven? Why are you so risk taker? It's because I made a promise at 17 years old, that if you help me live, I'm not going to waste a day. I don't, it's a, I mean, you know, it's hour by hour, day by day. I'm not, I don't take time off. Like, yeah, I said, I took time off after I sold the company, but I was then advising other people. I was trying to help grow the companies I've invested in. It's to me, it's, it's your only, you know, there's no dress rehearsal. You're here once. And that experience, I feel so lucky that I went through it because I learned that lesson at 17. Some people, it takes them till they're 40, 50. They have a midlife crisis and they finally realize, man, I'm not living the life I should be. And I gave myself permission to do that at a pretty young age. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and, and um, man, what a, what a, 
incredible story. Um, So for people that maybe don't have that, that kind of extreme story or background or, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, it's, it's incredible to hear. I've heard a little bit about it, I guess, through the grapevine. So it's really nice to hear you talk about it, Dan. Um, what, what's your advice for someone who maybe, and I'm, I'm always curious about this, right? Like, um, you know, like, do we have to have those, those moments in our life to help turn the corner in your opinion? Or, you know, can we make that shift and start living with passion with maybe not having a, like a near, near death experience? Totally. Totally. I mean, here's the thing is, is I believe if anybody's tried to achieve something and have achieved it or greatness or excellence or whatever you want to call it, mastery, there was a moment. There was a moment where you changed the way you thought about life. You changed the meaning you associated to your life. There was a situation, somebody, I actually truly believe it's somebody. Like When I talked to entrepreneurs and I said, who is that one person that finally made you believe that it was possible? They know. They go, oh, it was this guy. And it could have been a 10-minute conversation. It could have been their parent. It could have been their uncle. It could have been their best friend. Somebody extended the belief from them to that individual. That is an opportunity, right? And to me, you know, it doesn't matter if it's if life-threatening situation or just, you know, it could just be going about your day and just getting fed up with your life and saying enough is enough. But we all have it. And the reason why I started sharing that story was because I wanted to connect with people on a, on a personal level, not on this bull crap business success level. I wanted people to know this is who I am. This is why I am the way I am. And what happened is when I started, I got off stage the first time I told that story three years ago, I get off stage and all of a sudden three people came up to me and started sharing their story. Three people individually. One person couldn't even talk. He was crying and I just gave him a hug and To me, that's how I want to show up in the world. That's how I want to connect with people because it's not about the business financial success. It's about human to human interactions, real feelings. And I'd rather have that with three people than 5,000 people because that's real. It's what we're here for. So if you have a story, I would just say start sharing it on a smaller level. Don't do like I didn't get on stage. Oh, by the way, my wife that was at the event goes, Oh, P.S. My parents are coming over. They want to see you talk. Okay. Beautiful. Before I'm getting that. Oh yeah. And you've already like, made thanks, this, honey. You've oh already made God. the decision that you're going to share this that story. That was it. I had to share. Yeah, I was going oh, up God. on stage in like 30 minutes. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> oh, that is. No, no, I'm sorry, Pierre. I'm, Dan, are, is this the same uh, event in Moncton that? Uh, no, 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 this, this is, is called one. Mastermind Talks. The one in the one in Moncton. If you remember, I didn't even tell my story because I didn't. I couldn't do it. Right. Yep. That's right. Gare told yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Gare yeah. told it for me. He was the one that pushed me, but I just, I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell that story without getting super emotional. Yeah. 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 For sure. Right. For sure. You, you know, there's a, there's a piece here that, uh, I, you know, I really, um, appreciate in what you're sharing with us is, is, um, you know, there's just this massive power and vulnerability, you know? And as I'm listening to you, um, and, and I just, I just, you, you described it, I think, really well what it does for others, right? Um, what, you know, I guess, what did you have to push through to, you know, to, to lay bare like you did and just throw it out there? I had to be okay with myself. You know, I, I had a lot of shame. I, I, there was one part of me that didn't want to um, embarrass my parents, you know, because I think when people hear the story, they go, well, what did your parents do to cause that? Nothing. Like my parents are, you know, like you guys know my brothers, they're good kids. Like, you know, and my dad's my hero and I spend every Sunday with my mom. Like looking back, just 
people in their lives, for whatever reason, go through challenging times. And the way I reacted to it was just intense. And it was just my genetic makeup, my situation. But, you know, the reason I say that is because sometimes people ask, you know, is, is entrepreneurship or success nature versus nurture? And I actually believe it's neither. It's, it's self-made. Everybody has the ability. It doesn't matter where you came from, what happened to you, if you were given a silver spoon. I've seen people come from wealth that can't even make a dollar, right? So it has nothing to do with where you came from. It's really that decision. And that's why I prefer to tell people it's self-made and everybody's got that ability. And that was the truth for me. So, you know, I guess circling back to my personal story, the, the vulnerability, I mean, Brene Brown has a great TED talk about this, about vulnerability and the power of it. Yeah. It's, it's to me everything. Getting okay to talk about it, um, that's everybody's own journey, but it really took, you know, that moment of somebody pushing me to give me a big enough why to overcome it. And then once it was out there and I knew he was going to publish it online, then I had to run real fast and let my parents know and talk to my <laughs> brothers. And, I mean, it was, it was crazy. I mean, just even talking to my dad and say, Hey dad, you know, like, I know it's been 15 years and we've never talked about it, but, um, it's a real big part of my story. And it's the reason why I started clarity. Right. Like that was why Gary got on stage to share it. Learning what I did at 17 was the reason I built a multimillion dollar company at 30 years old. And and that's uh, I, I think this is a good way to to bring us close to the end, which is clarity. Uh, the spirit of clarity is mentorship and sharing and, and connecting people that need to be connected for growth and, for, you know, literally for making positive impacts in the world. Why don't you tell us quickly about your inspiration to start clarity because it relates to your own story about uh, uh, building your career and uh, and your reputation in uh, Silicon Valley and people trying to get in touch with you and you trying to get in touch with other people and just managing that is next to impossible that's my perspective from your experience but <laughs> let, let me hear let me hear right, right, right from you how why you decide to find to, to found such a interesting company as clarity yeah, well, so I mean, the, the pain came from I just sold my previous company, Flowtown, which is a social marketing application. And, you know, whenever you get pressed that you sold a company, you've got a bunch of people that come out of the woodwork. And because I had a pretty uh, large audience online on Twitter, on my blog, following me, especially a lot of Canadians, I'm very proud to be Canadian. Um, I had a lot of people email me. And I guess for the same reason I'm Canadian, I felt an obligation to get on the phone with every one of them. And it just got to a point where it wasn't going to scale. And I needed a tool to manage that. So I built this product called clarity.fm and it was just a tool for myself and it would just build like a call log of all the people and it would it allow them to write what they wanted to talk about. And it would kind of proxy the call between me and them. So it would like almost like a robo dialer. So they didn't get my cell number, but um, it would connect us. And I remember one night I was uh, on the, at my condo and I just thought, what would happen if I shared this link publicly? Because then anybody who had the link could then get on my call list. And then if I hit start calls, it would just cycle through. And I went to the roof of my condo. It was, I think it was a Friday night. And I spent three and a half hours talking to 30 entrepreneurs from all over the world that had never talked to me, had been following me on Twitter for five years. And it was that moment I realized, this is a game changer. Unlocking, I'm, here, I'm sitting here looking over San Francisco downtown going, there's probably 30,000 of the world's smartest entrepreneurs around technology here. And there's a million people out in the world that would love to talk to them. And they would actually be supportive to talk to them as well. But there was no platform to make that happen. And you know, going back to what I went through, the reason why I, I survived was this place called Portage. Uh, it's this rehab center. What's unique about Portage was that all the staff there were ex-drug addicts. 
So it wasn't like a place where you had like a counselor that just got certified or read a book or had a PhD. Like these are people that went through it. Like this guy, George, who got caught in Mexico selling heroin. Like when he tells you to smarten up, you listen. Right. <laughs> and that, that played such a theme in my business life because I would only accept and get in for advice from people who had been through it before. So when I came up with the idea for clarity and knowing that that was just such a theme in my life, it was kind of like this calling, right? And if you were there when I launched it, like it was, it was my why. I felt like everything I'd done up to, I went through in my life and I'd done up to that point was to build that company. And we grew it to 50,000 experts, hundreds of thousands of calls around the world. We raised 1.6 million. And then we just got acquired by one of the largest startup communities in the world. Awesome. Hey, so people are listening to this and they're going to want to learn more about you, Dan. So how do they, how do they find you? Um, I, and the other thing I was going to mention is I, we occasionally we have people on twice. I mean, I'm hoping we can bring you back on cause I want to learn more about, um, Richard Branson, Mark Cuban. I mean, there's so much more here, right? Um, so I, I'll just, I'm going to plant that seed. Plant that seed. Yeah. Done. And then great. And then, uh, yeah. How do, so how do people find you? So the best way is just go to my website, Martel 2 lsmartelcom and subscribe to my newsletter, so slash newsletter. Every week I publish a new YouTube video and I, and I promote it there first so you'll get first access. It's entrepreneurial training, really life lessons. I mean, I talk about energy management and, and productivity and all this fun stuff, but really wrapped in the uh, let's build a business because I really feel like entrepreneurship is just one of the most powerful tools in the world to, um, to, to push us to grow. It's a forcing function for personal development, and that's the way I look at it. And that's why I'm such a big fan of building businesses. Um, and then on Twitter, Dan Martell on Twitter, uh, that's the best way. Tweet at me, email me, dan at danmartell.com. Can't promise a reply, but I'll try as best I can. And, um, you know, I always appreciate the opportunity to share my story. And Dan, you did very well because before we started recording, you were wondering, you know, what, what was the uh, explicit uh, rules on this podcast? And you actually got through it. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. You know what? <laughs> there was no need, but I appreciate the, uh, the option to be expressive. <laughs> I love it. Dan, thanks so much, man. And thanks for everything you do. Uh, I know you're, you're such an inspiration for so many entrepreneurs, um, both, uh, both coasts. Uh, so keep it up, man. And, uh, hey, I look forward to really uh, chilling out with a Corona in our hand in Mexico together uh, before Sounds Christmas. Great. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> All right, Thanks, Dave. Dave. Thanks, Dan. Take, take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Talk soon. Cheers. Dan, my takeaways um, is, uh, I mean, you just got to admire guys, uh, anyone's energy and passion. And that's just, he just like, it just oozes out of every, every word he, he shared with us over the last 20, whatever minutes, the biggest thing for me, um, and, and it really resonates with me cause I'm kind of, I can, is I, is this concept of, I call like authentic leader or not, I call, but it's called, uh, or I, I subscribe to this idea of authentic leadership. And to me, that's, you know, being vulnerable, being yourself, sharing your story. He referenced Brene Brown. She's got some great stuff on vulnerability and shame research and all this kind of stuff. And man, and he is living it. And, um, what a neat guy I've had a, a you know, a chance to interact with him very quickly once before it really, uh, you know, it is, you remember it, you know, he's one of those people. And, uh, I think we got to, I want to learn more about, you know, some of these, you know, he's got so much to share. So I, I love the fact that he's open to coming on again. hundred percent. And I think for me it was, uh, and I fully, I'm, I'm there too. Like I want to encourage people to share their story. That's the thing, you know, um, uh, I and, and it's 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 also interesting too because I've discussed this in a number of my own presentations that I didn't have a crisis point in my story and for a while I struggled with that of all things hmm. you know like, yeah. like, like so many people with these crisis points the weight and the gravity of their story becomes 
so much more um, heavy, I guess, and so much more. In- but you know, you know, it's yeah. all it's all definition, though, isn't it? Because because yeah. I know <laughs> a time when you had a mountain of debt over your head. And you know what I mean, and like I know we're allowed to share this because it was it's public knowledge. Yeah, it's, I'm, it's I'm a, laughing. It's, a, it's in a documentary. It, yeah, and you uh, were like, that's not past tense. <laughs> <laughs> so you have been living a crisis for ten years, man. Yeah, baby. No, but I mean, like, I mean, there's it's all. I mean, I mean, I think it's perspective, right? But like, I, I hear what you're yeah. saying, but you know, at the same time, I mean, everyone has different tolerance to to crisis. I mean, his. I mean, that's like wow, you know. Um, but I, I've just, but I also know what you've got, and I've know what you've gone through as well. And, and I mean, that's you know some pretty heavy stuff that would crush other people, right? Um, and you, you know, seems to you seem to pivot from it and make the best of it. So, so, but I, but at the same time, I, I get what you're saying because that's what I was asking. Like Dan, like I mean, and I've always wondered: is do we have to have that that thing where we, you know, we live through cancer to change our lives, or do we have the power to change? I, I like to answer that question. So what? Um, Yet again, Mr. Greg Hemmings brings in a fabulous guest, and uh, and we certainly and we, I think we should got to get I think we got to get Pierre on here as well, Dan's well, brother. It's, it's funny because in the podcast I actually referenced uh, Dan as Pierre by mistake for one quick second, but the funny thing is, is in that moment Pierre texted me, <laughs> like seriously, it's right here. Uh, I I got a text from Pierre say he's riding on a truck. And uh, that's for the for the listening audience. That's Dan's brother, and uh, a very good friend of yours. Yeah, and a very a, a very good pal of mine. And we will get him on the podcast sometime soon. Uh, <laughs> so, with all that to say, um, let's definitely get Dan back on. This yeah. was good. All right, thanks, uh, Dave. We'll see you next week. See you, brother. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.